Masterclass. Hi everyone, I'm your host Roy George and welcome to Triple Threats and Beyond. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to have this guest on the show today. Um, oddly enough, before we went on air, we were talking about our mutual friends, and the lovely woman that sang my theme song, Alyssa Munez, is our mutual friend together. So that was pretty cool to have her sing us in, and then for me to be able to introduce her friend and my new friend. I, I literally cannot remember how to say your last name. Irene, say it for me. Keo. Keo. See, I'm a horrible host. Irene Keo. Irene Keo. I'm going to get it, everybody, by the end of the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, Irene Keo. I did it. There we go. I got it. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> How are you? Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I uh, this is these are crazy times, man. But we're here and we're trying to make art and yeah, talk it's about kind of a, it's bittersweet. It's a whole lot of everything. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. It's bittersweet and a whole lot of everything. I love it. Um, <laughs> So I'm excited to talk to you about your projects and about what you've got going on. I have uh, done a little digging in talking to our friend Alyssa, and she has told me some amazing things about you. And I want to start off, like, right out of the gate. You uh, okay. dressed up for Halloween this year, and uh, I'm curious <laughs> as to who you dressed up as. This year, I dressed up, at, it was a double costume. I wanted to dress up as my favorite superhero, um, both fictional and living. Um, so I dressed up as a combination of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Supergirl. And I built my own suit that had like tearaway pants so I could transform and everything. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And for our <laughs> listeners, she looks very much like Alexandria uh, so that's really cool. Do you get that a lot in the streets of New York? I get told that at least twice a week that I look like her. So Good. I love the best compliment ever. <laughs> so I feel like when she becomes bigger in terms of on television, that you might have a spot on SNL. Is that a thing? I've been told that, and I would love for that to happen. Okay. If anyone knows how to connect me to the universe of SNL, Please let me know. <laughs> I have, we have spoken that out into the world right now that you will be on SNL as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm so excited. Um, and you are an incredible activist from what I have heard. Tell me about that and how that all started. Activism? Yeah. Politically? I don't know if I'm like that involved. I'm just very aware um, I have been to a lot of rallies and, you know, I go to events that are, you know, fun and uplifting. I don't really go to like too many protests or anything, but, um, I, I do like to get involved and just be aware and just be like informed. And I love talking to friends and family about issues and finding out like what people really care about and connecting those dots and trying to find what works best for all of us. Now, how did that start? I'm so curious. I, I love that for you. I love that for us. I think it's great to have people that are uh, strong and incredible to pull from and to lean on. And I would love to know where that started for you. Um, oh, started with that way back. Um, I mean, the first time I even got like politically in, uh, involved, I guess, um, was when Barack Obama got elected. I was actually in Scotland at the time. Um, so I was like the only American among amongst a bunch of uh, Scottish friends, which was really interesting. Um, but I didn't really get like super involved until 2016. 15, 2016 with the Bernie Sanders campaign. Um, I've been to three of his rallies and I've, 
actually been able to find myself in the crowd pictures a couple of times because I'm I've always gotten pretty close to the stage. Um, I've you know done little events like that, which I really enjoy. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it got started, and just learning about Bernie Sanders, learning about you know all of his progressive policies, Medicare for all, um, canceling student debt, and just all these things that I know would help all of my friends and people in our generation that are struggling. And I love those ideas and I love being able to share that positivity with other people. Now it's a great segue because we, uh, healthcare for all, we are in a global pandemic. And so as artists, we're trying to figure out what our new normal is. We're trying to figure out how to still be artists. And we're also trying to figure out what the hell that's going to look like when we're out of all this. So how has this impacted you? Oh, it has thrown everything upside down. Um, when Broadway shut down on March 12th, I lost one of my main jobs. Um, three days later, I ended up losing my second job. So um, by mid, you know, mid, mid-March, I was already completely impl- unemployed. Um, I had also recently moved like two weeks prior to that into a new apartment. Um, but, you know, things just kind of fell apart really quickly. And it's really weird. I'm all the way out here in New York and all of my family is in Los Angeles and Guam and the Philippines and I'm the farthest away. So I've had to call my parents every day, just check in, make sure I'm alive, you know, like little stuff like that Mm -hmm. and just trying to stay sane and safe. Now, what brought you from Los Angeles to New York? I mean, I can think of no better place to be, but I'm curious as to what brought you out here. Yeah. Well, so I lived in Los Angeles for seven years. I went to there. Um, and then I stayed out there for an extra three years. I tried working, you know, normal corporate job while I tried to pursue acting. Um, when that did, I wanted to become more freelance. I worked as a nanny and tried to pursue acting out there as well. And that was um, working really well for a while. But the goal was always New York. It really was. Um, and I actually, like years ago, probably when I was like 17 or something, I promised myself that by the time I was 25, I wanted to live in New York. And my 25th birthday came up. I wasn't really planning on moving. And so I was like, okay, maybe I need to get the ball rolling. And like, I tried finding jobs first, apartments first before I moved. And none of that worked because no one wanted to hire me unless I already lived in New York. So oh, nice. I just had to bite the bullet and take the leap. I just bought myself a one-way ticket to New York and found a one-month sublet on Facebook. Um, and I was like, I'll just I'll figure it out when I get there. I flew here with a suitcase and a backpack and just like hit the ground running. I signed up for temp agencies. I started going to auditions and just kind of did it. I don't know. And then now I'm just here, I guess. <laughs> you are also the epitome of a triple threat. You do it all. You are an activist. You are an actor. You do film and television. You also do music. You're a pianist. You're a singer. You literally do yep. it all. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I don't do it all, I guess. I don't I don't consider myself a dancer, but I can move. I'm, you know, I'm one of those actors who can move kind of category. But yeah, I act, I sing, I play piano. Those are kind of my passions. Ladies and gentlemen, she does it all. She's just very humble and she doesn't <laughs> want to say that she does it all, but she does it all. Um, well, we're learning more every day. You have to always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so eventually... I'll become a dancer too. <laughs> so, so when when did you see a show and realize this is what I want to do or what show was it? Ah, uh, the one that really made me realize I could actually do it as a career 
was Spring Awakening. Um, mm. But my love for theater has gone back to like Les Mis, Phantom, Fiddler on the Roof, Sound of Music. But um, I mean, yeah, I've been oof, a musical theater lover since I was three, probably. Um, but when I was 16, I got introduced to Spring Awakening. I realized a lot of those actors were only like five years older than me. A lot of them had similar vocal types as me. And I was like, wait, I could, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And it really kickstarted this, um, this fire in me, you know, really wanting to perform and be on stage and do musical theater and tell stories and sing and everything. <laughs> I love that. What is the hardest lesson you've had to learn in this industry as you've kind of really jumped in head first? Ooh, that's a good question. Hardest thing I've had to learn, nothing is in your control. Mm. No matter what you do, nothing is in you. Like, I mean, you know, you can do your best to prepare and audition and everything, but really, like, aside from whatever you bring, the rest of the casting process, everything else is out of your hands, and you kind of just have to let it be and not take everything personally, I guess. Mm-hmm. That might be the hardest one. If I you, I think that's, I think that's great that there's only so much you can do. There's only so much that's in yeah. your control and there's only so much that you have control of. Yeah. Yeah. If it's you, really like throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping something sticks. <laughs> right. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day that it's like playing a gigantic game of pin the tail on the donkey while you're blindfolded is that yeah. you know what you're supposed to do and you know the object of the game but yeah. they spin you around 25 times, they blindfold you, and they say, go. And you're like, all yeah. right, well, I, okay. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, who would your musical influence be? Um, outside of the musical theater realm, my favorite artist is Sarah Burrell. Pretty much any female singer-songwriter who accompanies herself musically, like Alicia Keys, um, Ingrid Michaelson, Nora Jones are all my favorites. <laughs> are you ready for like the them. notebook? The notebook? Yeah. The I, musical? Yeah, I've gotten to play a and, couple audition cuts from it, and it's beautiful music. Ingrid has done a fantastic job. I have been trying to keep myself blind to all of the buzz about it because I want to just experience it fresh. Oh, it will, it will be very fresh. I mean, yep. I thankfully have gotten to, like, play it for some of the people that I coach and whatever, and I it's gorgeous. But I'm so yeah. intrigued as to what it is. Obviously, I know the movie, and I know the story, but I'm curious as to what it looks like on stage. Because there's a lot of ins and outs that work in film that I don't necessarily feel like work in theater. So it'll be very interesting to see. I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, If you had to name some best advice that you were given, what would that be? Whether it's in film and television, in theater, in activism, in music, whatever it may be, what do you feel like your best advice was that you were given? Best advice I've been given is, I mean, it's so cliche, but really never give up. Um, Never take no for an answer. Um, Especially in this industry, I've seen it firsthand and also just heard from so many people that like the ones that really make it are the ones that never leave it the ones that never lose that fun spark of it that never really give up um Mm -hmm. so I try not to really attach my self-worth to the art I make because Mm -hmm. then you then you take things harder when you lose things that aren't really in your in control from the first place so it's really just a matter of enjoying it um, oh, I forget her name, but I once 
met um, one of the Christine Dyes in Phantom of the Opera because wow. uh, Phantom is a show. I want to be Christine Dyes someday. And so every time I get to meet anyone in that show, I ask them so many questions. Um, and I broke down crying in front of her and she literally grabbed my face and was like, as long as you love what you're doing, you're on the right path. And I mm. saw. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. As long as you love what you're doing, you're on the right path. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I'm then, it's that is solid advice from a show that's been around longer than I've been alive. So I love, absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask a kind of a two parter question. If you could give yourself some advice, knowing what you know now, ten years ago, and then again five years ago, what would you tell yourself? That's a great question. Well, ten years ago, me would be seventeen, and she has so many insecurities. So I would tell her not to take things so seriously and to just enjoy, find what you enjoy in what you're doing mm-hmm. and not worry too much what other people think. Um, and to kind of own your own accomplishments too. Um, and then five years ago, me, I would say, oh gosh, five years ago, me, I was 22. So I had just graduated college. I would say just whatever it is you want to do, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I love that. Live your life. Don't, don't be hesitant to do anything. <laughs> I feel like this next question is a question that shouldn't be happening in 2020, but I'm so curious as to know if it is happening. Um, uh-huh. Is it? Do you feel like it's different to be a female in the industry in 2020 versus um, how many? However many years ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm so curious. Obviously, we see the depictions of classic Hollywood and what that was like to be a female. And we also mm-hmm. see, you know, certain scales of Hollywood stars that being a female has cost them a bit more than they want to talk about. And so I'm curious if that's still a thing here in 2020. I feel like it is, probably to a slightly lesser degree, maybe. I mean, one one reason I didn't really like the LA industry, at least in film and TV, was every casting notice is like looking for a curvy, sexy, seductive woman. And I'm like, if I don't feel that, I'm not going to apply to that. And then I'm going to be disencouraged from applying to everything that only wants me to look a certain way. Absolutely. The character of the person. Right. (laughs) So I'm hoping that the world is, you know, evolving from, from that. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're in a better place now. I think we're now gravitating more towards, like, inclusivity with race Mm. um, than anything else. And I'm really liking how that is evolving. Now, you are more than welcome to pass any question I ask, just for the record. Um, You lived and grew up in Guam, is that correct? Yes. And your nationality remains a mystery to me because you can pass for multiple different things. How does that work for you when booking jobs? It was confusing, actually. Um, So I'm half Filipino, half white. Um, To break down the white side, I guess I'm like part Irish, part British. Um, But I look like neither. (laughs) Um, I mean, I certainly don't look Filipino to most actual Filipinos. And most people that are white are like, wait, what are you? Um, So... Personally, I feel so in between, like I don't really belong in any particular category. Like, I cannot not Asian enough. 
Um, when I went to an In the Heights audition, I was actually the whitest person in the room. So, like, it's really weird. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of roles still available. You know, like, West Side Story um, is, you know, a perfect kind of show. There's a lot of in-betweens, especially with, like, you know, shows where it doesn't really matter what your race is. Um, but I'm also learning that I fit a lot of Middle Eastern Muslim characters. And a lot of people have been also questioning me about stuff like that. Like, would I take roles that aren't even of my identity? I'm like, I honestly don't know because I kind of don't fit anywhere anyways. Um, so it's a, it's a good and a bad thing. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities, but I also don't have a way to really pigeonhole myself or label myself. You know how, like, we always have some sort of typecasting? And I feel like other than the ingenue type I, and Disney princess type, hopefully, because <laughs> I would love to be a Disney princess. Otherwise, I don't know really where I fit yet. I love that, though. I I think it's the the weird air of mystery. I, I, good on yeah. you. I think that's great. I was told it's a good thing, especially because with um, the inclusivity that we're striving for in this industry, it's, it's opening up more doors, I think. Mm, absolutely. Is yeah. there a, a hard lesson that you've learned being in this industry, be it in the East Coast or West Coast? What is the lesson that you like wish you knew but are now glad that you know? Um, how much money it takes. <laughs> to do this it's definitely a hard reality um and i i try not to get jealous but you know if i'm struggling to survive off of two day jobs and i have friends of mine that are going to three auditions a week and i can only go to one every month or so it's, it's a little hard to watch sometimes with that self-comparison game and i'm trying to unlearn that that habit um but yeah i mean i, I think in general it just takes a lot of money i mean any sort of class is, you know, two to $300 or $100 per voice lesson. Things really add up with, with all of the things we need to do to stay sharp. So true. And yeah. I hate it. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, people, you love to hate it <laughs> and hate to love it. And it's, it's a love-hate relationship, really. <laughs> so now, in the same breath, we're in this spot of COVID-19 where everybody's kind of, you know, banished to their homes and really can't leave unless they're going to the grocery store or whatever. And all these stars and all of these uh, dancers and singers and vocal directors and music directors are all giving, or I shouldn't say giving their work away, but they're allowing us to preview their work at a lesser price from our homes. So there's dance classes, there's yoga classes, there's music director seminars, there's workshops, master classes. Um, I actually saw at the start of all of this, Debbie Allen... Uh, did an Instagram live dance class, which if anybody has taken a Debbie Allen class, you know it ain't cheap. So what do you feel about now how we're adapting to this new normal, which I don't personally love, but there's no choice other than to deal with it? Yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, but I mean, like you said, the, these little bits of access we're getting to people we couldn't normally afford to get access to is, is kind of a nice silver lining. I mean, we're getting free concerts from John Legend. We're getting, you know, a lot of home content from our favorite people mm-hmm. and these free or cheaper um, classes are now being available, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a little overwhelming with how many options there are. So I'm having to be a little picky with which ones I yeah. can give my time and energy to. Um, and certainly when, this lockdown first started, I signed up for everything and then ended up doing none of it because I was wallowing for a week. Um, but it's, 
I'm <laughs> working my way towards, you know, starting to learn again and taking more classes, which is cool. I signed up for a piano jazz, com- not a competition, uh, like a challenge to learn piano jazz and all these other things. Awesome. <laughs> I think, and you hit the nail on the head that when everything started, I was like, I'm going to do this one and this one and this one because I refuse to be bored. And then I realized yeah. that like everything's happening and you know, Debbie Allen's doing a dance class and the Rockettes are doing a dance class and then two hours after that, Orfe and Andy Carl are online and then Seth Rodetsky has a show and then Julie James is doing, I'm like, oh my god I literally can't do it all. And then there's yeah, 54 I- Below and YouTube and streaming and Netflix and oh my god. And so yeah. I have like a playlist on YouTube of all of the things that have happened in the YouTube world over like the nanny did their, did a read yeah. and uh, Grace and Frankie did a read and I have a whole playlist and I'm like, I'm going to eventually get to it, but holy yeah. crap, there's so much stuff out there. I bookmarked a lot of things to save for later and yep. that I'll really get to it. <laughs> That's too funny. So, uh, you graduated from college and I'm curious to know what you would ask of our college professors and high school, uh, high school drama and film teachers to get people ready for this industry now that you're here and now that you're in it and now that you're, you know, submerged in it, what would you ask those educators to tell their students? That is a great question. Cause I've actually been thinking about that a lot um, because I don't really keep in contact with many of my college professors. Um, I, I would love to see a world where college kids and professors um, had access to the Broadway industry a little bit more, I guess. I mean, the the Jimmy Awards didn't really exist when I was in high school. I didn't learn about it until it was, like, way too late. Um, same with a lot of, like, acting competitions, regional competitions. I would have loved if the college curriculum included encouraging us to go to auditions and dance classes outside of school. I love that. Because I feel like a lot of the things that I learned as an artist were done outside of college. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hear that completely. Yeah. In this, I keep toggling back and forth between talking about COVID and not talking about COVID. Uh, in this, it. in this crazy time, how are you finding your peace, and what are you doing to? Set, I don't want to say center yourself, but like I'm going to say center yourself because it's my show and I can say whatever I want to. Uh, to center yourself and to find happiness and find the calm within the storm. Yeah. That is a great way of phrasing it um, because I actually, my number one priority in all of this has really been self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my New Year's resolution to begin with that I wanted to prioritize myself this year because when I moved to New York, I was so eager to like get a foot in the door and I tried to do everything and I spread myself way too thin. I mean, literally right before this shutdown, I was working seven days a week, um, eight hour shifts every day, um, which is just not okay. Like you're not taking, I literally had no days off. I was not taking care of myself and I am now being forced to, which is kind of fun. Um, I did a little impulse buying, bought a lot of face masks and creams and I'm like, I'm going to glow by the time this is done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a lot of bubble baths and, you know, on a lot of TV shows that I haven't seen in years and all that. (laughs) Awesome. I think, for whatever reason, uh, oddly, I uh, apparently I don't know how to speak today. Uh, clearly, I'm not wishing anything on anybody, and you know, I 
would wish that this COVID situation would go away. But for whatever reason, it's here and it's hopefully going to teach us something in the end. So I'm really excited about that. I know that there's pollution that's been decreased and people are being able to see mountains and blue skies that they haven't seen in years. And people are taking care of themselves and valuing their friends that they had when they were able to go out and oddly enough, valuing their jobs. You know, I think it's going to be a whole new experience when we get out. It's giving us a really unique time to reflect on ourselves and our place in the world, I guess, in terms of like what we want to keep in our lives, what like what we can make space for and what we want to, you know, filter out of our lives, what isn't serving us anymore. Um, I'm doing a lot of reflecting and unlearning, you know, not childhood trauma for lack of a better word, but, you know, like limiting beliefs, I guess is a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. Things that I thought I couldn't do that I'm now like, wait, why did I think I couldn't do that when I didn't really try? You know, I'm I'm learning and unlearning a lot about myself, which is crazy and it's like we're all you know caterpillars going through this metamorphosis in our little apartment cocoons and we're going to come out as nice butterflies i completely agree (laughs) if you could go back and do something again because it was so horrible and you want to do it again to do it better or because that feeling was unmatched what would you do are we talking about like a specific event or just in general (laughs) i'm gonna say both Oh, I mean, oof. in terms of like a specific thing I would redo. Oh, gosh, there was this one audition that I had that is like, it doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things. But the way I felt after I left this audition was probably the worst I've ever felt. Like, you know, in auditions, they say never apologize, try not to start over, like, you know, don't psych yourself out. I did every wrong thing you could do in an audition. And I literally ran out of there crying. Um and I would never want to feel that again. So I, I wouldn't probably redo that. <laughs> um, in terms of like the grander scheme of things, things I would redo, I don't know, practice more. I would have wanted to enroll in dance classes at a younger age, actually, because mm. I, I wish I could do tap dancing. I just started taking ballet like three years ago. So I'm, I'm, I feel behind the curve. Like I could barely do a pirouette. But... <laughs> <laughs> As long as you love- smile and land your ending, I feel like you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Just graceful. Have the pretty lines with your, point your toes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, that. I love that. A, a, a weird question for you. What's in your audition binder? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So my go-tos, I have a lot of songs in my binder that I don't actually sing. But the ones <laughs> that I make, I there's like three songs that I sing at every audition. Um, I have some something to believe in from Newsies. Um, Somebody Love by Queen, if I want like a pop rock. Um, I also have a lot of Sarah Bareilles songs in there. And then for Disney, I have um, How Far I'll Go from Moana. Um, and then for like classical musical theater, I have Till There Was You from The Music Man. I love it. You literally have the whole landscape of music. I love that. I need to update my book, though. That's one of my goals during quarantine is to update my book (laughs) ask Alyssa for the list of songs I gave her because there is a full list of songs that I gave her that I feel like you might like and if she does not have them I still have them so let me know okay okay awesome so 
I, this has been so much fun, but I do have a game that I want to play with you before we leave. I love games. All right. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. You ready? Okay. I'm nervous. Okay. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Favorite color? Purple. Favorite candy? Ooh, candy. I love, um, what is those? Gobstoppers? Mm. Favorite TV show? I Met Your Mother. Uh, pre-show meal. Ooh, I love Mediterranean food. So good. Post-show like, meal. Um, ice cream. <laughs> Favorite show currently on Broadway? Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Go to musical genre, not musical theater. Pop. If you could be any other, any other occupation, what would it be? If I could what? Have any other op- occupation? Yep. In the circumstances. I'm sorry, say one more time. I'd want to be a nurse. Oh, I love it. Given the I absolutely love it. Favorite movie? Ooh, The Princess Bride. Uh, record, uh, blah, blah, blah. Favorite Broadway cast recording? Ooh, Legally Blonde? So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, favorite old school Broadway <laughs> show before 1970? Oh, no. Um, oh, gosh, I don't know that many. Sound of Music was pre-1970, right? I'll take it. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, it's guilty. Classic. It was the first movie I... Me, too. That and uh, Mary Poppins were my two first movies. Loved it. Uh, guilty Pleasure Snack. Goldfish. Guilty Pleasure Trash... Goldfish Ooh, I... so good. Guilty Pleasure uh, television show, like Trash TV, Reality TV. Oh my god, trash TV. Um, I mean, it's not airing anymore, but my probably worst guilty pleasure show was um, Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> yes, I hear that. East Coast or West I, Coast? God. East. Favorite vacation spot? Not in the U.S.? Yeah, well, I mean, it can be wherever you want it to be. I mean, because there's places I've been and places I want to go. Um... How about favorite the place places been? you've been and then places you want to go? Favorite place I've been would probably be Singapore. Mm. Um, place I want to go would be Italy. Love it. Uh, favorite season? Spring. No, summer. <laughs> favorite holiday? Christmas. No, Halloween. They're so good. I love them <laughs> And then my last question is a three-part question. Uh, a dream role that you have already played, a dream role that at your current age you are eligible to play, and a dream role that in, let's say, 30 years you can play. Um, for current, I would love to play either jazz or the opera. Mm-hmm. Um, future older dream role, I want to play... Um, Oh, gosh. I actually haven't given this much thought because I kind of figured I would just retire after I was in Phantom. (laughs) 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 Um, Maybe I could graduate to, like, Carlotta or something. Well, it's funny you say that. I think, like, 10 years ago, there was a Carlotta that actually graduated through the ranks of Phantom. She was in the ensemble, played Christine, 
and then was in Carlotta and then was like, I'm out, deuces. So I think that that's a true so thing. That'd be fun. Oh, I would also love to play Diana in Next to Normal. Yes. That would be like a fun, I would love to play like a crazy woman when I'm older. So I want to be like Lucy um, from Sweeney Todd. Yes. Uh, okay. Or like I want to be like a crazy lady. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Irene, this has been so much fun, and I feel like I've made a new friend in the process, even though I can't see you because we're super socially distanced. Uh, well, after October, <laughs> we can meet. Perfect. And I demand that Alyssa, you and I all get together and have dinner one day. It'll be so fun. Yes, I would love that. Can you let our listeners uh, figure out how to find you? Can you plug your social medias and anything you got going on or anything that you've got out in the world? How do we find you? Um, the easiest ways to find me would be Instagram. I'm at Irene underscore Keogh, um, Irene underscore K-E-O-G-H. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. I think you just have to search Irene Keogh. I don't think I have like an actual URL, um, but I have some classical piano, some little things here and there on that page. Um, I think those are kind of the two best ways to see me. I absolutely love it. Irene Keogh on Instagram and on YouTube. And you never know mm-hmm. anywhere else. Just look her up. She'll be out there soon. And of course, uh, SNL, we got to capitalize on that really soon because we've got things to do and Irene is ready to do them. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thank you. I'm so excited to see what happens for all of us when this is over. (laughs) Aren't aren't we all? I'm going to do one last promotion for the show, and then we will be clear. But thank you again for coming, and you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you got something going on or you want to share something, call me up and tell me you're coming on, and I will 100% make it happen. Awesome. You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Triple Threats and Beyond today. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Triple Threats and Beyond. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Triple Threats and Beyond. And of course, on Twitter at TTB with Roy. Thanks for listening and make sure to like, rate, and share our podcast so that we can have all of the great content for you coming up soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye.